Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Here we are, Independence Weekend. Independence Weekend, wow. (laughs) What a time to be alive. (laughs) So, man, we have so much to learn from our forefathers, do we not? Yes, we do. I mean, this is the time when we need to be declaring independence from ideas, ideologies, paradigms that do not work, that are not congruent with liberty, with life, love, or liberty. And all of those things do have and should have a synergy to them. Life, love, liberty, not necessarily in that order. You know, love precedes life. And life and love, you know, are congruent. I mean, we're talking about the author of life who is love, right? And his first purpose is always liberty. His first priority is people. His first purpose is always liberation. And why do I believe that? Because the word says so. He sent his only begotten son to do what? Set the captives free. So independence and freedom could not possibly mean more to anyone outside of the author of that freedom. And I think the five gentlemen who were appointed to the committee in order to draft the Declaration of Independence, John Adams of Massachusetts, Roger Sherman of Connecticut, Robert Livingston of New York, Benjamin Franklin of Pennsylvania, and Thomas Jefferson of Virginia, I believe they all knew that. They were tired of the oppression of the monarchy, took great, went to great lengths and took great risk to take a stand for independence. And I got to tell you, they didn't have social media, right? They weren't keyboard warriors. They weren't even... I mean, they understood the power of the pen, and they understood the power of the written word. That's why there was such great deliberation about the actual words that would go into the final declaration. And, you know, I have to tell you, there, there was a lot in here about, there was a lot of fighting at that point. There, were, there was just such a disdain for the Brits' propensity to... Um, to buy and sell humans in the slave trade. That was a very big deal, particularly to Thomas Jefferson. But they struck some of the language from the original drafts of the Declaration of Independence as not to offend people across the pond, nor people who are still sympathizers of the throne here. Now, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to draw some very interesting parallels between where we are now 
and that fateful year of 1776. Now, if you are to even, you know, if you're if you're caught even tweeting the numbers 1776, you you run the risk of being um, banned. You run the risk of ending up on someone's dissident list. You run the risk of the FBI knocking on your door. I mean, these are very interesting times. And 1776 was all but hijacked by your national security apparatus who have been busted wide open, basically inciting and entrapping Americans who I believe had zero intention of harming anyone in that capital. Now, I do not personally know anyone who was planning. I've watched videos. I've, you know, saw people on their way to DC, on their way to the Capitol, um, on their way to hear the president. You know, people were, people were righteously um, convicted about the state of the election of 2020 as well they should be and should still be. And that entire moment was completely hijacked. And I believe there are people who were complicit with instigating and drawing people into an already explosive moment in the history of our country. And hopefully people will inevitably answer for that because the longer the lawlessness goes on and people are not um, prosecuted, the lawlessness is not adjudicated. People's hearts are going to wax cold and you're going to have more factions forming across the country because I'll tell you this, something I know about my country and countrymen, I've traveled this entire country. I I have encountered more than my fair share of very hardworking, very simple-minded but very patriotic, and I don't mean simple-minded in the negative biblical sense of being simple-minded, but people who really do just want to mind their own business, live freely, raise their kids, see their grandbabies, you know, have a good job, retire, um, you know, that. Go to the lake, have toys, whatever. Um, you know, they want to live the, quote, American dream. And they just want to be left the hell alone. Right, the old the old adage, you know, don't tread on me. I mean that that rings true now. I think more than ever, and I've I've never been a big fan of the libertarian movement as as a whole as a party, really for one reason because, well, for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is um, there's no real central belief in. In a, in a higher power that can, that can and should direct the governing of man. It, it is extremely humanistic in its approach to governance, which is, I fundamentally believe, how we got here now. So you're dealing with secularism and humanism, and anything that is man-centric is never going to... Um, is never going to 
allow for the continuation of liberty. Because without the author of liberty directing the heart and the mind and the soul of man with regard to policy, governance, the decisions we make, laws, in order to maintain law and order and liberty on this side of eternity, it's all very futile. And I believe our founding fathers knew that. They absolutely knew that, but they had such a a love, a love, probably also a little bit of a lust for their liberty. You know, and lust is not always a bad thing. I talked about that in my Bedtime Stories podcast the other night about sex. If you missed it, it's, it's out there. Um, but just talking about, you know, lusting after your spouse is actually not a bad thing. A matter of fact, if more of you lusted after your spouses, we probably wouldn't have the divorce rates that we do. <laughs> and that works on both sides for men and women. Um, but you know, lusting, just having this insatiable desire for liberty, certainly not at the expense of someone else's, however, right? Staying within the boundaries of nature and in God's natural laws requires an understanding of God's natural laws. It may surprise you to know that only 3% of the church today actually reads their Bibles. A common excuse for not doing so is man wrote it. There's a few of them actually. Man wrote it. Awesome. Man wrote your local tweets, newspaper, news cycles, but you guys believe that too. So that's, that one doesn't really fly with me. Um, secondly, um, I people don't understand it. I just don't understand it, Monica. It's like Chinese, you know. No pun intended in our current state. Uh, but I just I just don't get it. You know, okay, well, there are 10,000 versions of the truth. <laughs> I mean, it's one of my favorite lines, and something's got to give. <laughs> and she's like, Harry, there aren't versions of the truth. Oh, it's fantastic. Some of you men know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, in the dating world, it's like a little bit of omission, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's like, well, I did tell you the truth. It was a version of the truth, right? It wasn't, it wasn't a whole lie. Just a little bit of one. Yeah. So with that, if you don't know the truth, how are you supposed to stand on it? How do you, how, how would they have ever known that it was their God given authority and right to secede from oppression. Let's just take the monarchy out of it. Let's just take a governmental body out of it for just a second. It was oppressive. And so what they were moving away from was the oppression that came with that particular regime, if you will, that particular, that particular governance, that system, that, that paradigm. They were moving away from that. They were declaring their independence from oppression. Right? And so in a, in a time when everyone is extraordinarily partisan-centric, I, I am moving away from those conversations of Republican and Democrat, liberals, libertarians, this, that. Um, because it, it, because... The conversation needs to be framed 
in reality and in truth and what's really happening. And what's really happening is that you are you are being forced into a silo of homogenization. And that is not godly. And how do I know that? Because I study the word. And the word tells me that we are uniquely created and crafted, every one of us. And that there's only one race. So see, it's impossible to shove me into a tube a silo of thinking and feeling, more importantly, and a silo of feeling that somehow someone's greater than I am, someone's lesser than I am, someone is more supreme than I am, or I'm more supreme than someone else. Like that doesn't fly when measured against the truth. But if you don't know the truth, you won't know that. So the truth tells me, as it did our founding fathers in 1776, that there were certain inalienable rights that did not come from man. They came from our creator. Now, it is incumbent upon man to partner with the author of liberty in order to curate said liberty. I have friends right now who are deployed. I worry for them. I'm very grateful for them. It's very sobering to me to be surrounded by um, great men who have dedicated their lives to serving our country. It's an honor. It is a, it is a legit honor to be surrounded by men who are at the top of their game in special forces Intel, I mean, these guys are at the, at the top of their game and they have to stay there. They're like Gideon's 300. When you're in special forces, you're the guys who know not to put your head down in the water to drink from the river. You bring the water up to your mouth, just like Gideon's 300. And why is that? So you could keep your eyes on every single thing around you. That is a special skill set. That is a special mindset. That is a special commitment. That is a special awareness. It also involves training. But I firmly believe there's something innately unique about men who serve in special forces. That is not to diminish anyone else's service by any stroke of the imagination. My father served in World War II. He was an an infantryman. um, And he served well and diligently. And it broke his heart. What he saw on the battlefield in World War II haunted him until his death at 88 years of age. It's something that hurt him in his soul. He could never speak about it and not shed tears, and it took him darn near 40 years to even talk about anything. So I would never diminish men or women and their role in uniform. I think it is a real travesty what is happening in our military at the moment. It it incenses me. It is beyond uh, my comprehension why anyone would allow this woke culture to continue, this woke brainwashing to continue, whether it's in our education system and particularly our military. Someone needs to get a hold of these generals and cut the crap. 
cut the crap, forcing people to take vaccinations. And I know, I know, I have several friends who were forced to take anthrax and all this other stuff that made them deathly ill. Um, but, you know, these experimental drugs on these guys and gals right now, um, you know, threatened with demotion, with, uh, you know, legal threats. I mean, it's a mess. It is an absolute mess. You've already sacrificed your family, your body, your time, you know, your life possibly. And now you're being forced to take a jab as, as someone in uniform as if your life doesn't matter. As if somehow you are now property of the United States government and so is your agency. So is your sovereignty of your God-given body, the cells in your body. Now, last I checked, what men and women were avowed to in the United States military was to uphold the Constitution. And in nowhere in that does it say that your body is now, you know, a subject of anything that the United States military would choose to do to your body. I understand there are repercussions, especially for gentlemen actually back in the 80s and 90s who decided not to uh, go down the path of, uh, of taking the anthrax uh, jab. So... I think it's I think it's worth revisiting the spirit with which these five gentlemen drafted the Declaration of Independence. And see, we live in this age of like female worship right now, female idolatry. I mean, it's really nothing new. We're not the first civilization to deal with this, but you know, here we are again. And so you have women who, you know, are pissed because only men drafted it and it was very male centric and they were slave owners and you know i mean you name it and it's the year of the black woman on top of that it's actually the decade apparently uh so it's not only women but it's the black queen that you know everyone is subjected to and i again being someone who studies truth i am not subjected to any woman or man to be my king or my queen that and to tell me what my value is and what it's not that that is into how to think and how to feel and how to breathe and how to move and how to vote how to eat how to function that's that is not part of truth inerrant truth that is just not part of the deal governance does not mean total brute force over people. We're not totalitarians. We're not warlords, but you might think differently with some of the, um, some of the movements in our country that have been building for decades, decades. And some of you are like, God, how do we get here? Well, I would submit to you. We got here a little bit of a, in frog boil character. Um, because we were all just American, fat, and happy. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, right? Uh, we, Other than the Great Depression uh, and, and Pearl Harbor, which is not the mainland, uh, when, ha- all right, fine, Revolutionary War, Civil War, okay, right, but in, in modern terms, like, 
who in the past 50 years on, in, on the mainland um, has ever had to contend with being occupied? Physically occupied. No one. So I think because of that, and by the grace of God, but because of that, we, we forgot that occupation actually begins in the mind. Occupation begins in the mind. I posted something on LinkedIn today. It was talking about, if you don't follow me there, you should. There's a lot of great material, um, a lot of bright people on LinkedIn. I appreciate it. It, it has become a little bit more... Um, um, political in nature and that's fine i mean most people on linkedin keep it you know relatively tame i think um it's not like you know twitter is my favorite sewer i'm just going to tell you but i'm definitely not on facebook but linkedin there's a little bit more of a professional moderation there um and so it's just monica matthews you can follow me there you can follow me you can also connect with me um on linkedin but i i posted something today that was talking about psyops and talking about how psyops are used across the globe and they've been used here they're being used right now in Europe as the EU rolls out their vaccine passport which will uh is required uh if you're a member of an EU country uh it's required to enter other EU countries right i i happen to think this is just one of those bitch slaps to the brits to say you know shouldn't have gone after brexit <laughs> And I commend the Brits for doing so. I'm kind of surprised it's worked out the way that it has. But, you know, we're not at the end of that saga just yet. But that was all part of the globalist movement, too. I mean, you'll notice how World War One, World War Two, how these wars were basically the impetus for, you know, this what I call homogenization effort. And it continues today. And here we are. So you have to resist. You have to resist. And how do you do that? Whenever your own government, your national security apparatus um, is extremely proficient in monitoring your every thought and feeling, purchase, your whims, your addictions, your hopes, your dreams, your losses. Every single emotion you possess is computed. It is tabulated, it is chronicled, it is measured, and it is used against you, and it's also used against other nations. It is used to move you where certain people want you to be moved. So, and our government does this, other governments do it. They're doing it right now with narratives through the media and other in social media platforms right, uh, overseas to really guilt people, to fear people, really invoke terror um, in, in, their, in their thinking, their feeling, their moving, their, their, their moving about, their daily habits, going back to work, how they view others. I know some of you have seen where Facebook, apparently, I saw this on Twitter the other day, uh, Jerome Bell, someone I follow on Twitter, he's a great follow, by the way. Um, he posted where social, where Facebook is asking you if you see any type of rhetoric, you know, uh, that you feel is dangerous or more nationalist in nature, then please feel free to report 
folks. So if you don't believe yet that Facebook is actually a storefront for one of your alphabet soups, then just stay there. Just stay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay because you'll probably end up one of the people with multiple vaccines and, you know, God willing, you'll actually survive it. Facebook is a is a detriment to this country, in my humble opinion. And I'm an opinion giver. I'm not a journalist. So as a commentator, I can tell you now and from what I know for, for a fact about Facebook, um, it is criminal. What, the, what that platform represents is criminal. And we've done this to folks across multiple nations for the sake of war and control. And, uh, and our enemies do it to us as well. It's called, you're called the human terrain. You've heard the term terrain, right? Well, what is a terrain? You know, your backyard is a terrain. Your city is a terrain. You know, it's usually geographical. It's, top, it's topographical. But you are a terrain. <laughs> and why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Why do you think anyone would consider you a terrain worth manipulating, worth controlling? I'm just going to let you think about that. Why do you think that is? So in this piece, my response to this piece that I shared on LinkedIn is very simply, people who are not moved or otherwise manipulated by things like psyops are people who have a true north. They're people who know truth, who have a compass, a moral compass. I submit to you, our founding fathers had a moral compass, not only individually, but collectively, that chose freedom over oppression. And it was, and it came at great risk. It came at a great cost. And many of us are hashtaggers, right? Like we're keyboard warriors. While I have boys who are out right now sweating blood, tears, you know, uh, spending time away from their families, their health is in jeopardy, their lives are in jeopardy, so that we can sit over here in the, in the comfort of our keyboard warrior recliners and prepare to roast our weenies and wave our flags and celebrate our independence, and we don't even recognize the terrain in which we find ourselves today, and that we really are the object of the globalist's desire. You are the human terrain. You're the object of the BLM desire, of the critical race theorist's desire, of the satanic um, LGBTQ plus, which the plus may as well stand for pedophilia because they are coming for your children. If you allow your children to watch the cartoons of today, again, 
do the world a favor and go ahead and sign up for your multiple vaccinations because you're, you are actually part of the problem. I know that sounds really harsh because I'm supposed to love my enemies and I do. And I pray for people and I do pray for my enemies and bless those who spitefully use me. I, I do that. I really, actually I do. Yeah. I also pray like David. So I have to watch it. You know, the Lord knows me. He's got me. Um, but seriously, because because we're so double-minded as a nation that we watch these things and we entertain ourselves with things that uh, institutionalize and otherwise indoctrinate our little people and literally defraud them of their God-given sovereignty, agency, and innocence. And then we wonder how we end up with the society that we have. And we think we're doing something kind of like Marsha Blackburn. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that Marsha is in my, she's, she's in my thread a lot. Because Marsha and others who certified this sham doogle of, a, of an election, of a selection, of a, of a coup, um, in the way of the 2020 coup, Loves to criticize the Biden, quote, administration. Loves to criticize the Democrats. But Marsha had the opportunity to not certify the election, to actually stand on the right side of history and chose willfully not to do so. And hopes that you and the rest of the country will forget her sins against you and your liberty. Because she's a keyboard warrior. Most of your congressmen and women, particularly of the GOP persuasion, have been deduced to exactly that. They are keyboard warriors. And they get you all riled up and they they drop those seeds into that human terrain, and then you guys respond accordingly, and the people who are observing you and how you move and how you breathe and how you respond and what you respond to and why and when and what time and with whom and to whom, all of that, okay? And then all of that is used against you and your liberties. Every bit of it. So Marsh is complicit with what happened. She's not the only one, obviously, but she's complicit with what happened with our election of 2020. And you as parents, if you are not busy protecting the liberty of your little people, you also are complicit. It makes zero sense for us to complain about the government school system when we have it within our power, you do realize there are nations who do not allow for homeschooling. Like it is legit illegal. They will come take your children in certain nations for doing so. You, however, America, have the option still of homeschooling your children. I did it. Lived on 24 grand a year. It was hard, but we did it. And my daughter's, I think she's much better for it. Uh, She was a very mature young person. She taught herself how to learn. 
She loved to learn. Every single thing around her was a learning opportunity. I was in the music business at the time, so God knows she got a really quick education on how crappy people can be. Understood contracts and meetings and how to negotiate and shake hands and and be, you know, all of that. Understood diplomacy at a very young age and uh, in business. And she's a, she's a, relatively well-rounded young woman. Now she's in her twenties. You know how that is. We all know everything in our, in our mid twenties, everyone else is a dodo. So it's it's okay. It's just part of the whole growing phase. Right. But as the word says, if you raise a child up, raise a child up in the way that he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So you can guarantee that those seeds that you've pl- that you're planting right now as a parent or a grandparent, or perhaps your parent, your parenting days are over and you're starting to see some of the seeds that you planted and even seeds that you didn't plant, but you allowed to be planted through, you know, abdication or you just, you had to work, you wanted your career um, and you didn't want to see, I'm touching on some sacred cows right now, but it's important because it's important to your liberty. It's important to the liberty of this nation. You choosing comfort and quote the American dream and living a life of whatever you you think is the American dream while your children are shipped off to government institutions that are no more interested in freedom than, you know, the crown was in 1776. Nothing's changed. You're still dealing with the same kingdoms. You're dealing with the same paradigms. It is what it is. But you still have a choice. You're not a prisoner of the state. I know it feels that way, but you're not. And sometimes we just need a reminder. And that's what I'm here for. (laughs) So I want to remind you that you... These five men knew what has been wired inside of you. You too know that you were not meant for guilt, shame, the sins of the past, confusion, disorder, unnatural affections, addictions, confusion. You were not meant for that oppression. They knew it. God knows it, you know it. So my question to you is, what are you going to do with your liberty that these men and many others and my guys right now fighting, standing for your jurisdiction on this soil, what are you going to do to honor that, to celebrate that, and to ensure that that is a continued legacy of the United States of America. That is my question to you. I want you to have a good weekend. Enjoy your family. Celebrate the beautiful things of this nation. Celebrate strangers. Be nice to people. Buy someone a cup of coffee. Pay for someone's breakfast. You know, maybe even someone who doesn't look like you or vote like you or you know, of your sexual persuasion or your faith, whatever, you know, just someone who's on this soil in close proximity to you. Exercise your liberty this weekend. 
That's what it's all about. I love you guys. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.